This is a news laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Hafta. Shri Vijay Mallya has offered 4000 crore to banks Iram Sharmila acquitted of her 2006 case uh, on a suicide attempt. Uh, what went wrong with the Guardian's interview with Arke Pachauri? We'll have our two ladies take that on head on, I'm sure. Maoists strike again killing seven CRPF personnel in Chhattisgarh. Will Amitabh Bachchan be the next president of India? and the bap of all love charges saint guru ram rahim singh ji in sans uh, song uh, makes it to one of america's top rated show take that mr bachchan and sharukh and priyanka uh, that and more news on the hafta i am abhinandan sekri angrez apna lagan aur news on the apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte this week our guest is from mumbai but first before i introduce him in our studio manisha hi manisha hello deepanjana hello who's now in delhi finally yes Anand hello and uh, I am Abhinandan this podcast is produced by Karthik Nijhawan from Mumbai Siddharth Bhatia hi Siddharth hey hi uh, I'll just introduce you you are the founding editor of the wire that's right which yeah. has uh, been doing some great work congratulations thank you thank and you and earlier you were the dna earlier i was the <laughs> dna yes and your last book was called india psychedelic the story of a rocking generation Well, there was one more after that, but uh, that's the well-known one. Yeah. I see. And which is the rocking generation? Yours or mine? Uh, every generation thinks it's rock, but <laughs> classic rock was produced when I was a young man. <laughs> I see. Okay. Can I also add that Siddharth is not only the founding editor of Wire, is also a very good friend of Arnab. Goswami. Yes. Oh, okay. Aren't you Siddharth? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Am I missing a joke here? Yeah, the notice. Are you just the notice? Oh shit! Yeah, fuck! Oh my god! I'm so not with it. Hell yes, I I just remember that. By the way, what happened to that case? Is it still on? What's the deal, Siddhar? Uh, well, it's not a case really. It's, it's a cease and desist notice, and um, you know, after that we've not had any occasion to do a story. Plus, we've also sent a similar one. Right. So it, there it there it stands. Okay, and I'll just do the customary. Arnab, if you are watching this, come take some straight questions from News Laundry. No soft interviews from the IIB boys. Anyway, and some more. From, anyway, forget that. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, let's start off with um, the Uttarakhand crisis. I think that got much coverage. Um, if anyone has anything to do, say on that, because then you can move on to the other issues that dominated news. and uh, siddharth by the end of this show we'd like you to give us uh, like everybody else some uh, suggestions on uh, content whether it's video or articles that can enrich our viewers lives okay but uh, you're the guest you start what do you think dominated news this week and how well or badly was it covered well uh, you know the news organizations can go in any direction i mean they get crazy about all kinds of stories but uh, in my uh, basket of uh, priorities as it were hmm. i think this uh, uttarakhand is um, uh, quite crucial for several reasons one is that uh, <coughs> the dreaded article 356 uh, is back and it has never gone away but uh, its use had somewhat slowed down because governments had come in with letting other governments to get on with their job Uh, but uh, uh, this is hark uh, back to the 70s when uh, first the janta party uh, threw out before that the congress had done it but the janta party came and threw out several governments then indira gandhi came and threw out several governments and so it continued but uh, uh, you know several precedents were established and i think it's kind of settled down plus the most important development political development was under rajiv when the cross uh, this uh, I'm, I'm trying to recall the name of the bill when uh, defect anti-defection bill was there. Right. So basically, it all settled down. Now uh, the BJP is in its a bit to kind of have um, you know national coverage is trying to go after Congress governments. Hmm. So this is the second, and you know now one of them, Kailash Vijayvargya, has said next stop is Karnataka and Himachal Pradesh. So you can see that there is a pattern here. But you think. Um... Uh, it got enough play in big media was it i mean the alarm which um, you know i have seen at least a couple of organizations say that this is alarming uh, i it's very alarming it's very very alarming i i did yes. see it as i mean i personally uh, well reserve the view but 
I didn't see it reported with any alarm uh, on any other media. Anand, you want to go with that? I actually I plead ignorance to a lot of what has been uh, <clears throat> going on uh, with the Uttarakhand tragedy, except a couple of things. One is I think the High Court got into the whole thing, hmm. so that kind of calmed the nerves a bit because if it's you know if the direct orders are coming from the judiciary, hmm. then the politicians can't like you know fling mud at each other. But having said that, I think now the matter is. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. It's gone to the Supreme Court. I think the, both Correct. the Congress and the BJP have taken yeah. the matter to the Supreme Court. Yeah, and in and fact, the, Supreme uh, the floor Court test has been postponed. To yeah. yeah, so they'll be allowed to prove their majority. Right. And the Supreme Coming Court Thursday. stayed the uh, president's rule. Right. So yes, uh, that. Uh, but um, we have Manisha. I think it was reported enough. Enough. And uh, there was reasonable alarm too. I hmm. think. But is there enough cause for alarm? You think? I mean, are we just in the age of television? So now we are alarmed. Uh, if television had been alive during Indira Gandhi's time, it would have been worse. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Siddharth will have the data, but the Panjana first. I think Siddharth should uh, comment on this. But I think if this was Indira Gandhi's time, then we would have had a very different version of things. Possibly, probably not heard half of it until the floor test has happened. <laughs> you know, that the constitution has fallen apart. There is another country. Then maybe we'd find out. You know, there'd be a small news bulletin in all India. Siddharth, are there? I mean, I'm not aware. Is there comparable uh, instances of how often Indira Gandhi did this and how often it's been done in the recent past? No, the recent past is we just had this particular case and one more before that, Arunachal, which was slightly different, uh, which is an attempt to uh, kind of uh, use rebels to topple a government. So uh, if you're ca ca comparing numbers by numbers, it will never work. Okay. Uh, what you're seeing is, and in fact, we shouldn't uh, fall into the trap of uh, comparing because what you're seeing is a revival of that. So we don't know where it's heading. It is a very, very early date. I don't think we should worry too much about what it was like. I mean, television in those days was, uh, in quotes, a much more innocent government-owned affair. Uh, uh, there was hardly any outraging. Uh, but uh, what I think, what I find is many journalists, especially uh, because of the format of the 9 o'clock discussion, etc., find it difficult to, many uh, channels, find it difficult to engage with the complexities of issues. Right. You know, uh, so there is no question of saying this is good or this is bad. But what is it? Firstly, trying to understand the nature of the beast. Just explain the entire... Yeah, that doesn't happen. In fact... Not uh, at all. There's no processes. I mean, I'm on television off and on. And rarely does one get a chance to explain the complex did processes you, that are going did on. Did you used to go to on Times Now? Were you ever on Times Now? Well, the Times Now people in their wisdom don't call me. Anymore, so sure. But did you earlier? Uh, a lot. A lot. I see. Okay, well, Anand, how about you? What do you want to go with next? Yeah, so, no, I mean, to stay with that, I think what Dipanjana said, I don't think Indira Gandhi would have changed the constitution because, you know, as uh, Winston Churchill said, mm. history will be kind to me because I will write most of it. <laughs> I think Indira Gandhi rewrote most of the constitution. But I, I did hear Venkaya Naidu say that uh, Congress has dismissed uh, state governments 99 times. Huh. But I, I agree with Siddharth that, you know, the past precedence does not make it, uh, you know, if two wrongs, 99 wrongs don't make the 100th one right. Shishupal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Modi is the Shishupal. So, but I think it's good that very quickly uh, the court has got into it. Hmm. And I think as with, as we will increasingly find in most cases, um, when the court, uh, you know, takes cognizance of the matter, uh, things kind of calm down a bit because, uh, you know, there is still, uh, howsoever much it has been eroded, there is still some respect for judiciary and people, you know, from of the warring fractions, uh, factions, they tend to, uh, you know, kind of take the judiciary's word. So, I don't know what happens uh, next, uh, the matter is in the Supreme Court. Yeah. We'll come back to Indian television and news coverage, but I just want to go to the ladies I, I, I mean, it's on my list that Karthik has prepared for me. I don't know anything about this. It says the sun's cleavage selfie competition backfires with hilarious results. What is it? Are you familiar with this, Siddharth? I'm sorry, I don't read the sun, yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't think any of us do, but there's I don't some... think reading was important. Because it was reported on HuffPost in UK. It was reported oh, on other sorry, times. Sorry, UK. this story somehow yeah, has passed me by. I think you will all be very, very, um, what should I say? I think you will rue your fate that you let it pass you by. Huh. Um, Sun, in its infinite wisdom, decided that it was going to engage with its audience on Twitter. Hmm. 
because that is what I think we're constantly told to do. Mm -hmm. So it came up with this beautiful thing of um, asking people to put up selfies, but there was a very specific uh, terminology that they had used. Uh, share your chest or front, share your cleavage selfie. Mm. And the photograph and that they made it to these <laughs> no, but it was also the first photo. <laughs> so it, it had to it had to be your face and cleavage. So the just photo the that they had was of this the extraordinarily busty woman wearing a barely there kind of a bra, mm. and then said, "Share your cleavage selfie." And this is the this and the is, winner would get what a subscription uh, of a thousand sun. pounds, if oh. I remember correctly. Um, see the money part, I did remember. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the, the motto, not so much. Um, but anyway, the point is that there are. There are very few occasions when the internet gives you faith. Mm. And this cleavage selfie contest was one of them. Because men jumped in and started showing photographs of themselves wearing bras. Someone squeezed their chest together and said, Here's my ch selfie. And people sent Kejriwal's photos. Ganga Dip was sent. Uh, Ramdev's very famous yoga pose. Mithun made it. Shakti Kapoor made it. Shakti Kapoor <laughs> so, made it. so they just trolled some. They were like, hey, do I win? Can I win? Look at my cleavage. So they were just sending disaster. me that. If I'm not mistaken, funny. there are two cleavages to any given ana anatomy. So Right. So you don't know which one exactly. <laughs> you know, if we if we go through the list of mentions, we may well find it, but I don't think we my need God, to do that. But it was, uh, it was a gender victory, I think, because yeah, it was one of yeah. those situations where uh, mainstream media went out as being sexist the way we kind of expect them to. But instead of having so-called bra-burning feminists to go into a rage and say, how can you do this? Men and women responded in a way that really shut the argument down. <laughs> nice. It's quite funny. It's quite, quite funny. OK, uh, now I'll just like to come back to uh, times now last night, uh, or was it night before last? I think it was night before last. There was this thing about the Indian spy. Is he a spy or not a spy? The businessman who's been caught in, you know, one part called Chachal, it's called, and it's somewhere near Iran, and he's, Pakistan is saying he's a spy, we're saying he's not a spy. In fact, uh, Siddharth Vardaraj has written a piece on that in The Wire, right, Siddharth? On yes, he's written about the questions that are raised. Yeah. Now, I watched Arnab's show, and you know, I don't usually watch the full news hour, which is actually 90 minutes long. But I actually watched the full thing just as a test case to see where the argument begins and where it ends. You know, every, every story has a journey. And I realize there's no journey. The guy in Pakistan started by saying, you bloody, we will show you, you are what we will finish you, you think you can attack. And Arnav was saying, ha you sir, you are C-grade. And I'm not joking. They ended with the same sentences they started with. It was fascinating. <laughs> And I think that's a great study in Indo-Pak relations. <laughs> you know, it starts where it ends. So I actually think, I don't think that was his attempt, but Arnab has pretty much recreated Indo-Pak relations in one crisp debate in the news hour. I think it was phenomenal. My piece on that. Uh, you, Siddharth will have a more, more measured view on, the, uh, on this well, whole. We, we, we've seen that Indo-Pak, uh, I think there is a sense uh, perhaps, uh, uh, and I think a lot of journalists, uh, especially on television, because that's in our face, uh, Hindi television too, and I presume a lot of other uh, language television has sussed out uh, what their audiences get uh, most excited by. And these are what I call the equivalent of, uh, you know, talks of middle class people in their drawing rooms or in the morning park, walking in the park, you know, saying, wo sala usko maar do. Hmm. kind of instant uh, noodle solutions, you know. Hmm. And so you, you sum that those prejudices, the collective uh, summing up of those prejudices, and you have about 90 minutes of that or uh, 60 minutes. I mean, there are a lot of Arnab clones out there. Right. You know, he's the original. Um, and uh, they, they just latch on to anything that they think will fan those prejudices. And uh, Bob's your uncle at the end of it. A lot of advertising. But again, as I said, in the case of this, the complexity of the issue just doesn't get uh, uh, resolved at all. I mean, if you're saying they began with the same sentence and ended with the same sentence, so running around in circles is the metaphor that comes to mind. I was yeah quite taken in. There uh, was a there was an article in the Indian Express which sort of raised the questions in the spies story as well, and the story that was trotted out. Praveen's who's 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 sorry. Praveen Swami's who's. Um, I can't remember exactly. Hmm. I'll look hmm. it up. 
But uh, what I did love in it, Praveen Swami and a couple of other people, Sushant Kulkarni, Mohammed Havid, and someone else. Uh, but what I loved in it was the, uh, a source in the Indian intelligence was uh, said that you know he's caught with his passports. I mean, we might not be the greatest spies in the world, but we are not idiots either. This was a direct fact, quote, fact, apparently, which was fact, a lovely quote. Among the ten quote. questions was just this. Why should he have, uh, we had a spy master talking about, then normally we would give him a third country's uh, passport. So uh, Maybe because we can make this argument later. That if you were a spy, would he be carrying an Indian passport? I'm just doing the double, you know. Siddharth, knowing how much you love the old Bollywood days of Devanand, can you not imagine this as a Devanand film? <laughs> No, 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 of course, of course, but if it's like a song or two, I presume. Come on, now I, you can imagine this. Who would be singing and what would Pakistani be the song? Girl. Falling in love with a Pakistani girl. No, no, uh, there, there are, see, there's a lovely piece by Manoj Joshi that he's written for us also. You know, this is very smoke and mirrors kind of world. So nobody will ever know what the, this is. But on the face of it, some things are quite clumsy. I would say. And uh, one of the clumsy things is this, that, you know, would he carry a document with so uh, an Indian passport-like document? And I think that's, uh, that's something that's very, uh, very, very bizarre. Well, th there is a piece which, Anand, sorry, you want to go? Yeah, no, I think time has come for us to realize that when it comes to India and Pakistan, we must consider Arnab as a military weapon. <laughs> so, <laughs> and not only Arnab, I mean, if Arnab is the, uh, yeah, you know, the plutonium or hydrogen bomb, then we have the, uh, the other ones who accompany Arnab. I think uh, Mahroof Raza is another one. Mm -hmm. And he used to be fantastic. I, I really enjoy him. Yeah, but I think lately, I don't know what has happened. You know, I yeah, felt that just, too. Yeah. Right when he had initially started yes. making appearances, I actually just like listening to yeah. him. And now he's just, uh, you know, he starts shouting like Arnab. So there are two or three Arnabs in the digital panels. Uh, in the thing, but I think accompanying this story was another one which was, I suppose, equally important is that people have been giving Modi a lot of flack for uh, the Pakistan team having sure. come to the Pathan court, uh, right. you know, to investigate the thing. So I'd, I'd like your views on that. I mean, I think actually it's a great idea, and I think um, there, because there are, uh, you know, sometimes one digs one's heels in on opposing someone, uh, and I think Modi is the kind of uh, you know, personality that leads to a lot of people doing that. I mean, I, I personally think it's a great idea because it gives you the morally higher ground that if they don't allow you to investigate their people, you can say, see, we're cooperating. Although I don't think anything's going to come out of it, international community-wise, you have the upper hand. I think it's a good idea. Uh, yeah. Um, Siddharth, uh, Manisha, what do you think? No, I am... Um Two things on this. One is, uh, yes, I think as a diplomatic kind of initiative, you say, look, you wanted to come and have a look, here you are, and who knows, something interesting might come up, they might say, but you know, you've been looking at the wrong end of the thing. So this kind of cooperation, not a bad idea, but uh, a spy being caught and revealed, you know, the spy was caught 20 days before. Yeah. So, so the announcement happening just around the time the team lands up here. So then you start wondering, you know, what kind of shadow play is going on. Right. Right. What do you think, Manisha? You think it, it, it helps us in any way or not? You're a Fauji's daughter. Your dad might say, bloody swines, these fellas. Are they bloody? I think particularly I'm just fascinated by spies in general. I think I'd like to meet one. Okay, fine. Okay, Deepanjana, do you have a view? Do you think this is a good good move, bad move? I do think it's a good move. I think it just makes us look better than the uh, Pakistanis in terms of cooperation. But I do think what you said earlier that, you know, we have a, um, in a lot of, because we're so used to, in a certain section of the media, to just regard decisions by this government with a critical eye, I think we sort of, you know, jump into finding holes in potentially decent moves as well. Yeah. Uh, but that said, I'm not a security expert and tomorrow if something happens, <laughs> boss. <laughs> Honestly, taking a walk around the complex is not going to give them. We're in the age of Google Maps. Like in today's day and age yeah. when they say you can't take cameras here, there. I'm saying, dude, you know, I can like map your park sitting in my office. But so I really don't think they get any more information by taking a walk around that. But yeah, there's something to be gained. Um, actually, actually, you know, I'm glad that, you know, sometimes in discussions, a stray thought comes up. 
I'm very glad you've said that because I think uh, what is happening is in the age of transparency and technological prowess, uh, governments, uh, especially our kind of, uh, you know, government mentally, no matter what happens, the bureaucracy is still stuck in 1950, remember? Right. Right. No matter what happens. You look at the paperwork uh, that you have to do for anything. So the bureaucracy is still stuck. So for some Havala to come and say, either photo nahi lene ka, <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah. They should completely remove all these boards. You go to the airports and everyone's taking a picture with their family because they're so excited. So what is this going on? I mean, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. You know, another and thing... They've even started taking pictures with the hijackers, for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. How about that? That was a great... That I, I sent that photo to a friend of mine who was estranged from his wife and I was like, you need to up your game, boss. <laughs> Wait, and incidentally, the sun came up with a brilliant headline. Yeah, and they're like jackass. Hi, jackass. Hi, jackass. <laughs> yeah, that was a great headline. You know, uh, there was one uh, media event that happened that got wall-to-wall -wall coverage, and I'd like to know, especially Bombay Wala's views, because he's from Bombay. Was Sanjay Dutt's release? It, uh, you know, he was in the India Day conclave, and he spoke about his time in prison. And I, I was conflicted. Should, you know, there was the celebratory this thing about <clears throat> this reformed Ratnakar, you know. Banke Aya Hai, Ratnakar became. Who wrote the Ramayan? Come on, guys. Valmiki. Valmiki. Ratnakar became Valmiki. Ratnakar was a decoit, right? Yes. So, so it was, you know, it had that kind of aura to it. So I wasn't sure whether that was good, but I said maybe he's done his time, so one shouldn't really hold it against him. So I don't know, but what he said about prison life that there are rules that when the jailer goes by, you have to squat on your haunches. The rules, the prison rules, are of the British time. Now, I wasn't aware of that. He, he said what he would like to work on was prison reform. He said the manual, the jail manual, there's a manual that runs all prisons in India. And the jail manual is written since the British time. Angrezo ke zamane ke jail hai. And even now when the jailer comes, no matter what you're doing, you have to squat. It's like this ridiculous dehumanizing experience. What kind of reform can we even hope for to achieve? Uh, but uh, Siddharth, your views, uh, do, do you think he was uh, played up as a hero or was it okay? He's done his time. Well, you know, uh, the notoriety is also news value. I think he's kind of paid his dues uh, those five months notwithstanding. Uh, so uh, if he's going to say anything, we shouldn't constantly be in the outrage mode and say, but tumne ye kiya hai, tumne gun kiya. he's at least gone and paid jail. As far as the manual is concerned, um, you have a... Let's see, we are a funny mix of two things. We are a funny mix of uh, British laws. But don't forget that these kind of things are also highly feudal. Mm. You know, sitting on the ground when the boss passes is a very feudal idea. Nobody in the last 70 years has thought to change it because it suits our feudal mentality. Right. Uh, because, uh, you know, democracy is there, but it suits our feudal mentality that that jail is my domain. And when I pass by in the, my uniform, and then um, everyone's got to uh, queue up and I, if they don't, take lati milegi kind of thing. Well, I'm surprised Kiran Bedi didn't and change this it. is, quite honestly speaking, really, uh, this is perhaps the most, in quotes, benign uh, this. Uh, much more goes on in jails, which is worse. Sure, but that is not in the manual. But it's also, manual. I think, interesting because... But Kiran Bedi, I think, defended it or something. No, uh, def the, oh, the manual? I don't know, I haven't seen that. Sorry. No, I was just thinking that it's also um, an interesting insight into, you know, the people who are usually high-profile prisoners who would potentially raise these issues are the ones who get preferential treatment in prison. So they don't actually usually know what prison life is like. And that was part of Sanjay Dutt's, uh, you know, sob story each time he came out that he is not given preferential treatment inside. And in a curious way, I'm not somebody who's particularly taken by the, you know, mythification of Sanjay Dutt just because he spent some time in jail and spent most of it outside. But, um, but the fact is that this is this is a this is an indication of how in India anything you want attention to be drawn to you need a Bollywood star to do it. He's not the first person to have been in prison or notice potentially that prison life is extremely dehumanizing. That there are insane problems in terms of how our prisons but are isn't run. Isn't that true the world over? Any issue when you when it's like this morning I was watching on uh, BBC uh, Amanpour. 
she had a photographer who was a friend of Liz Taylor, who's just released a book with Liz Taylor and Liz Taylor's photo shoot in Iran. Uh, and you know, it's a really beautiful photo shoot. And she said, you'd never be able to do that in today's Iran, with you know, her posing glamorously in mosques mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, and she posed with a condom, you know, for safe sex. And that is what made talk about AIDS mainstream. And before that, it wasn't. So I think. But I don't think, I think we have a situation in India where the only ones we deify are Bollywood and cricket. And that's an exclusivity that you don't see in too many cultures. We haven't touted anybody, any other industry, any other field as uh, as heroes. Like we can't imagine a time equivalent cover with a scientist, with a uh, writer's face getting the same kind of recognition. Speaking of scientists, Anand? Uh, it's largely true. Although I would say, I mean, uh, talking of recent example, probably uh, Dr. Kalam is an exception. He was a star. Yeah, he was uh, he was a star. But I mean, uh, coming back to this, I was I mean, I watched that in bits and parts. His uh, uh, the interview uh, of India Today, uh, India Today thing, and I was uh, I mean, he was kind of uh, in between talking a lot in metaphors and trying to, as the Panjana said, uh, you know, trying to deify or kind of uh, you know take the discourse into a very surreal thing. So he said, right. I have not been jailed for five years. I have been in jail for 23 years. Now, what the hell does that mean? Yeah, but case chalna is completely different from being cooped up in, you know, a, a hellhole, which, which are, I suppose, the Indian jails. But I mean, there is another uh, Bollywood story that has uh, uh, gained relevance increasingly, which is uh, Hrithik Roshan uh, has been slapped with a Oh no. yeah, with well, the Pope, right, yes, right. Yes, with the, yes. the Christian so, organization yes. said he... Uh, a legal notice has been sent to him. Yeah, he said I'd rather have an affair with the Pope <laughs> than with Kangana or something <laughs> like that. So, <laughs> be, care be careful what you tweet. You know, this was based on his tweet. This, so, this uh, competitive idiocy of religious yeah. loonies just shocks me. And I'm just surprised, like, the Christians are about 2.5%. Hmm. Um, and, and they really aren't... Other than, you know, that dangs and sometimes happen, the mainstream, right now, it's between the Muslims and the Hindu, you know. There's mm. the Oasi versus the Yognath or whatever. Yogi. So right now, like the Christian guys, they chill, let them fire it out, you know. <laughs> we should just shut our mouths and let them... Well, I mean, according to John Dayal, they, he says the Christian population is roughly 10 to 15 percent because a lot of them are not declaring oh, I see. themselves right? as Christian. But, you know, speaking of this, and we just come to Siddhartha after this, what... While what Dipanna says about uh, Sanjay Dutt is, I guess sometimes I find that is true, that this entire um, deification happens. What I found really pathetic was in that interview while he was talking about this, like when he went, he saluted the flag, maybe he wanted to salute the flag, very touching. But how hard he tried to prove his credentials by, you know, using terms like Bharat Mata Ki Jai, I love my country, Meri Mother India, or Meri, during that interview. And you could make out it's not sincere. Even when I saw Congress people kind of defending, even Shashi Tharoor, when he gave that interview, I think it was to NDTV or to India Today, uh, on the Bharat Mata Ki Jai, uh, it, it's ridiculous for that to be a measure of patriotism. He had to, all the time, reinforce, I personally love the slogan. You know, I would just like one person to come and say, I personally don't fucking love the slogan, it's a shit slogan. But I will still say, if someone wants to say it, they should say it. But, and that I worry. You, even when you are protecting someone's right to freedom of not having to say it, everyone has to say, but you know, I love it, but if someone doesn't, it's fine. I, and I yeah, think that's scary. Yeah, that, that has become, um, I uh, have been referring to that off and on in various places to say that, you know, uh, when um, uh, Sobade was attacked uh, for whatever, um, and I actually wrote a piece in Daily O saying, uh, you know, Shobha should not be attacked um, because of whatever. And there was this, uh, in the Legislative Assembly, there was something passed against her. But she felt compelled to say, I'm a proud Maharashtra. Mm -hmm. And uh, I find many journalists also saying that I'm, when they tweet to say, while I'm a proud Indian and all that, why should that be a qualifier? Yeah. I mean, just, just say, I think this issue is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not because going to be just... sitting out there and if somebody walks up to me in the street, pokes me in the chest and says, say Bharat Mata Ki Jai. I'm going to say, up yours, yeah. Mm. Uh, I've never done it and I never will. But the point is that, we, that the atmosphere is being created where even if you want to oppose 
or even if you want to principally oppose, you've got to lay down first a qualifier to say, look, and that I think most people are doing it for one of two reasons. One is because they are uh, scared, that, um, and the other is that, you know, somewhere in their mind they say that I'm ready to go this far but not that far. So, for example, oh, anti-national slogans in uh, JNU, he shouldn't have said that. Why mm. not? Mm. Exactly. He didn't, but how does it matter if he did? Yeah, uh, what is the university all about, if not uh, raising questions about your, uh, you know, and the fundamentals of your uh, existence? At any point in public life, why can you not raise a question? That was the other thing that I found a little bit odd, that, you know, he's a, he, the ex is a student and therefore should have the leave to question. Boss, we should have the leave to question no, whatever our age. It's not unique to students. Hmm. But, you know, here, if I can just, uh, I mean, I agree with uh, <clears throat> whatever, uh, you know, uh, you've said, especially Siddharth and now Dips as well. But the problem comes is there is a disconnect in what our liberal values tell us what we should do which is that of course you can you know you can say i'm not going to say this i don't believe in this and i personally do not believe in uh, you know saying these slogans i i you know this nationalism basically um, but the point is there are laws people have set laws into motion where they can interpret your saying things and not saying things and arrest you for it so for example the sedition law you know which is a hundred year old law uh, comes to mind. So, uh, you know, you are at the mercy of the judge's interpretation of the sedition law, whether whatever slogan you shout, whether it is against, and imagine the, the sedition law is not against the country, it is against the government. Yeah, as so it's the, worded now. Yeah, so, you know, the judge can say, look, whatever Kanaya was shouting, I, in my personal capacity, I believe that it is against the government and I arrest this guy. So, you know, there is a disconnect into what uh, we should do as a, in a free society and what we are compelled to do in a society which I believe is not free at all. Now, for example, this Bharat Mata Ki Jai. Now, of course, uh, nobody should be forced to say Bharat Mata Ki Jai. And, um, you know, A, why should somebody say it in the first place? But the point is, you have uh, the Congress government uh, with the NCP that put out this stupid law that you have to get up for the, uh, for the national anthem before a movie is playing or after the movie has ended. So now it is a law. So even if I don't want to do it, you see, it, a no, law has been put in motion. I, and I feel that is appalling because, you know. I, I agree on that one, but on this particular one, I think the people who force you to say it are not really going by the law. They've just, they are going by what is acceptable, you know, uh, in today's day and age to pressure someone. Is it, I, I just want clarity. Do you have to stand at attention when the, uh, this thing is being played, the national anthem? Is that the law? That's the law. I don't think that's uh, the Sorry, law. You, you, you should not... Uh, you can keep sitting. Do you know Siddharth? You know, uh, I, in all my life, I must honestly tell you, these are not issues that bothered me, so I really wouldn't know. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, I am not a needlessly confrontationist people, especially with, uh, you know, mob of being wolves, as it were. But uh, if, uh, honestly speaking, there have been times when I've been passing by and if there is a television set where there's music playing, I like the music very much and I may stand for a little while. Right. I won't needlessly fidget. But now I'm ready to, beginning to reconsider several of my own fundamental risks to say, what is this atmosphere that we have got into where, uh, you know, the line between uh, sentiment and law and uh, somebody imposing this is getting increasingly blurred. So if somebody keeps, you know, is going to ask me to prove my patriotism every 30 minutes or so, it's not going to work for me. So there is no law. There is a law on insulting symbols of whatever national. Which is no, I'm National in, Honor in, Act. In but Maharashtra. it doesn't talk about sitting or standing. Yeah, the, no, I'm saying in general. Why I was asking in general is because before every World Cup match where India plays, the national anthem plays. And they start, BCCI started that, in fact, even before that, in yeah. 2007. Yeah, because both of, you know, even any World Cup, whenever... Yeah. Now, like Siddharth said, when I was young and, you know, if I was walking by and the national anthem played, you know, even I'd stand. Also because I'm a Fauji son, they have that, you know... But uh, when it played during the World Cup, I was like lying down. <laughs> no, I didn't stand and I was thinking that, uh, you know, how many households who are watching the IP, uh, the World Cup, do you think stand? So. Uh, news Laundry uh, listeners, uh, just tweet to us or write in to us to tell us if you stand each time the World Cup I, uh, 2020 India cricket team is playing in the 
uh, national anthem is played. Do you guys all stand up in your bedrooms or drawing rooms? No, or yeah. Speaking? The question should be: Do you stand up wherever you are for those few minutes? Right. Wherever you are. Wherever you are, do you? It would be interesting. Actually, I, I don't stand, but I, I sing along the English national anthem because I really love it. The British national anthem. Especially, especially, especially the sentence: "Long may the Queen reign over us." <laughs> अमिताभ and the link is there in the bottom that uh, pm modi will nominate amitabh bachchan for next president of india i have a link to a story on z news uh, your view is anand so i mean there are two qualifiers there one is you heard it on z <laughs> and the second is that amar singh has said <laughs> so i i really would leave it to dips to comment more i think this. this is great because do you understand the meme possibilities of this Uh-huh. we will have a president who will be like the reddit favorite who will trend on twitter who will be on tumblr there is not a shahensha is just waiting to be president memed yeah <laughs> <laughs> and obviously this government is all about creating viral trends and controlling the internet it is the perfect choice i think okay i think it will be a fantastic idea really uh, yeah because i think uh, he will um, you know bring some glamour to to rashtrapati bhavan yeah i mean honestly no, and I mean, sarcasm aside i think <laughs> no you know I'll, see honestly and i'm being honest i'm not being sarcastic i think amitabh bachchan i may have his views on his opportunism and his closeness to amar singh and subrat rai when he needed to be you know prior shaitand i i mean i don't think he's he's conducted his public life uh, in the kind of company he's kept uh, is something that i find very noble but his utterances Ah, perfect. He never says anything politically. Like Shah Rukh, like as a star, everyone sometimes. And I know he's not a humble man because a humble man doesn't tweet every thing that has to do with cricket with his picture. Like if you see his Twitter, he'll tweet about well done, young Yuvraj, and there'll be a picture of Amitabh Bachchan posing. Like, boy, you Yuvraj ko well done bol rahe. Tumhari picture kya zaroor hai? So, and I know that is in house. There are his life size images of himself. So I don't know many people who have life size images of themselves in their house. so he and you can't be a star and be humble it's not possible but he is so proper he will never say the wrong thing and the president should always go by the book no matter whether you know when subrat rai was his friend or whether this is rajan i actually disagree with you i think he'll be he's a wonderful guy he's a terrific actor hmm. of i mean when i say wonderful guy of little i know of him in public life hmm. and uh, of course very good actor but he'll be a horrendous president and i i, I hark back to his uh, little limited political career which was a disaster and also the fact that uh, you know uh, if you look back at i mean the last 20 years or 30 years i would say someone like dr kalam you know who's uh, who's been held in such high regard as to what he's done achieved as well as people respect him for the decisions that he he took against the government exactly you need someone and to be and i don't think that. amitabh bachchan has it in him yeah he won't be a dr kalam yeah but he so, won't be a gyani ji either yeah well <laughs> i i don't know about that i really don't know about my that. money is on adwani yeah itna kuch kar diya hai rath yatra hota hai he got nothing he has to get president's office before he disaster but i i really i, I think the best think decision that vajpayee took hmm was to actually have dr kalam as who do you make president just let's let's get a presidential pick here i i mean from the top of my head you know i can't think of mm. uh, you know very many people uh, but i would say uh, you know it has to be a, a thorough professional maybe an academic mm. hmm? uh, you know someone who's uh, who's not afraid to say his uh, his mind right and but who, yet remain Politically Absolute, correct. Absolutely politically correct. Uh, I, I don't know about politically correct. I think a president must be politically correct. Um, you know, sometimes the president can't speak his or her mind because you have to go by the book. It's completely by the book, and that is the trick. That is why I think Kalam was amazing. Hey, who is your pick, Deepanjana? I don't know, but I I think it just sort of you know what we were discussing right now. It reminded me a little bit earlier when we were talking about the Uttarakhand Assembly that we 
as you know, average public, I don't think we realize the importance of a lot of institutions that seem like they're just there and they're functioning on their own. The precedent, the importance of the role that the precedent plays within the political, the body politic, as it were, is something that we tend not to realize mm -hmm. as the average public. We sort of see him in his rose garden, yes. you know, mm -hmm. saying hello to a visiting dignitary. Or on Discovery Channel. Or on Discovery Channel, something to that effect. But, you know, the fact that, the fact that he is a bulwark, or she is a bulwark, potentially, is something that we don't realize, that you can't, it is not just a, a prize that you doff out to someone exactly. elderly and senile. Yeah, like Pratibha Patil. I mean, you know. Oh dear, yeah, so, what a disaster. Uh, you know, now, now that you asked that question, I, I, I would have thought uh, the late Justice Verma would have he would been, have been amazing. Oh, that would have been so maybe, you know, thing. Justice Kapadia, ex-Chief Justice of India, Justice Kapadia. Yeah, he is. You know, someone who has this persona and aura of, you know, that he will stick even, to the... Actually, even Lodha, Lodha, Lodha would be a great president. But I think he what was... What about like, maybe Ram Jethmalani? I don't know. <laughs> but can you imagine Pele Supreme Court Chief Justice for President? I, I think there may be some rule that probably... I don't think, yeah, can you? After being yeah, the Chief yeah, Justice, will yeah. become president? I, I don't know. That'd be great. I want to run. But Justice Kapadia would be fantastic. You know, I... Okay, now Manisha, since we get a lot of criticism that we don't allow her to speak enough and she doesn't speak, yeah, all you listen, she just stands up by... I are just upset at you stopping me all the time. So now, why don't you tell your fans... I'm really, really like, no, let me talk here. Okay. <laughs> so now, since we're letting you talk, please tell your fans what was wrong with the Guardian's... No, actually, before uh, talking about that, I want to talk about the water crisis in India, which hasn't got any play in the media, and I think it's alarming. In India? Yeah. Okay. There, uh, summer is about a week away, and uh, 91 of the reservoirs in India are at their all-time low uh, in a decade. There's, uh, 29 they're at their 29% of storage capacity. You have a situation in Maharashtra, in Latur, where there's a ban on an assembly of more than five people because they fear riots over water. Yes, around yes. the water tap yeah. or tube well. Uh, there's a great piece in BBC, and it's sad that I have to read BBC to read about the water crisis in India because I don't think people have covered it uh, in the way they should have. I would really want more. I think we should also do something about this. Either get reported, uh, get it reported, or uh, so look into right. what, uh, what the Bombay know? papers are. Yeah, yeah, that'll be great. Okay. Wow. Story be commission away. So, but but it's it's really alarming, and I think uh, more than anything, more than boys being beaten up for Bharat Mata ki jai, whatever the things we are talking about in prime time, we have to be talking about this water crisis. I mean, to have a ban on assembly of five people because you're fearing riots over water, it's alarming. It's, it's truly alarming. And in, an, in, an, in a year where you have five elections uh, and you have a crisis like this, it could mean a lot of violence because you would also have political parties who'd want the discussion to be on issues like religion, nationalism, rather than water, no water, agriculture, and, crops, and, and this or economy, no economy by filmmakers and writers forever about mm -hmm. water crisis. Yeah. And, and in the fact, water uh, being so, the water mafia is something that yes. Bombay, for instance, has had a lot of right. creative writing about. Delhi has, Delhi has, has had. Yeah. Water privatization happened during Sheila's time, which is what actually got Arvind Kejriwal into public life and he opposed that. Actually, you know, I, I made a documentary film on that, so I've uh, done a fair amount of research on this. It's You'll be uh, shocked to know that actually in the UN, they did not put water as a human right. Because the moment you put something as a human right, its status changes. Just like when you put something as a genocide, its status changes. Because the UN Charter, if something is a genocide, the UN is incumbent. They are, they are bound by their charter to intervene, which is why Rwanda was never referred to as a genocide during Clinton's time. Because if they used that word, then it was they had to intervene. Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, the pressure on companies that want to make water a commodity for profit is so huge which actually pushed, and now I'm going to sound like some lefty activist, but you people can... Don't break the habit of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> but people should really read up about this, mm. on how the World Bank pushed water privatization in countries all across the world, and how it backfired in many of them, and what the agenda behind it was. And I think what Manisha is saying is the crisis of our time. If there's going to be a crisis of our time, it's not going to be Hindu, Muslim, mm. Yevo, it's going to be water. I think arguably uh, it already is. And it's, 
it's like, you know, very basic, simple methods of water conservation is something that we just have not paid attention to. Um, the, you know, I keep wondering about this, that, you know, every election campaign time, we hear politicians going over to places and talking to farmers about how we're going to get you water from this river and that river, etc. This entire country depends on monsoons because we don't conserve water properly. We don't do anything at an infrastructural level to change how water is wasted on a daily basis in urban spaces and semi-urban spaces. And it's just like, for instance, I've, I've been staying uh, for the past couple of days at the India International Center. It has a fountain that's running. Right. And that's just offensive in Although, a country Anand like Anand Mahindra's offer, offer to shut down his fountain. He said though it's circulated water, no wastage, but yeah, bad optics but have shut it down. But take it out. Uh, although, uh, I mean, full marks, although in Delhi now, for any new plant to be passed, construction, you have to have water harvesting structure in place. Which is great. But, you know, Amma, whatever we may say this about her, she had made this compulsory in Chennai, I think, 15 years ago, and it was implemented. Any new construction had to have water harvesting, otherwise you wouldn't get permission to construct. The know, BMC apparently about... has directed uh, municipality to not give water to swimming pool. Uh, but they've had to because, you know, the, I mean, there literally isn't water outside of certain, in Bombay even, outside of your immediate posh parts. We'll see. Water the, crisis the, the day is horrible. Antilla doesn't have water, then we'll talk in the same point. No, no, and Antilla will say, But, you know, I mean, taking on from what uh, Dips just said, we have politicians like the Badals in clear violation of the Supreme Court order right. talking about the canal. Filling up it up. Uh, so, you know, you can just imagine what kind of you know, the whole atmosphere we are living in and, you know, we, we talk of water con conservation, which is all very well, it's absolutely must. But do we also realize that in any uh, household, uh, brick structure household, it is now almost essential to have a water purifier. Right. You know, so it's not just a middle class, upper middle class or, you know, it's mm -hmm. like nano, anyone who has a house has a water purifier. Uh, Delhi, for example, uh, purifies the water only to about six or seven cycles, whereas internationally it's purified to 12 cycles. So, you know, even the quality of water that we get, that again is a huge issue, you know, leave alone the water. And I mean, I wrote a piece on this once on the river linking thing. And, you know, it's, it's a very complicated issue. 40% of the Ganges actually goes to, you can't call it waste because it's natural, it goes to the sea. Uh, so there are so many issues and you're absolutely right. I mean, this is one thing that when it comes to infrastructure, I mean, talking of the, uh, I don't want to talk of infrastructure in our country was non-existent. Look today what happened in Bengal, the, the, the flyover the just basically yeah, collapsed, you know, 10, 20 people are just dead because of, and Mamta blames the CPM because they said it was, uh, uh, tender, yeah, it started. The tender was, uh, you know. Mm, so wow. when it comes to infrastructure, I don't know how many decades behind we are. Uh, you know, it's just um, coming to what is it about Pachauri's interview that has everyone riled up in the Guardian? Uh, Manisha, do elaborate. What? Uh, there's so much. Uh, what right. was right with it? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> So, just for our uh, audience, the Guardian did an interview with Pachauri. It was just a question-answer interview. It was, it was a not, piece. Uh, no, it was a long form. Oh, it's not, a, it's not something as simple as a question-answer yeah. interview because at least with a question-answer interview, there isn't a commentary being provided hmm. that, um, that, either, uh, that provides uh, the context within which you're going to see the answers because then at least you see the answers for themselves. So when he says something it's ridiculous. It's a piece on Pachori. It's a, by, by the observer, by the way, a lot of people have been blaming Guardian. Guardian is only the digital medium through which observer has posted. Okay. So it was done by the observer. The Guardian was only printed the in it, yeah. platform. So okay. let's not blame the Guardian. Hmm. Uh, what was wrong? What was wrong? One it was factually incorrect to begin with mm -hmm. um, on a number of uh, Well, as accounts. journalism goes, that's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> okay then. Moving on. <laughs> um, he said that he was a victim of gender terrorism. Okay. I kid you one. not. This is a quote. No, no, no. That gender terrorism which is by Mani Shankar Ayer, where they're quoting Mani Shankar Ayer. He said it, no? Anyway, I, I thought it, but, he but said that it is, as well. But like he said that or Manishankar said that, how is the observer responsible? No, see, okay. Uh, my biggest problem journalistically with this piece is that we know as journalists we present both sides. Hmm. But that doesn't mean we, that just doesn't cut it. 
it's not just good enough to present both sides and it's often lazy especially when you have the other side saying things like uh, people climate change deniers are behind this sexual harassment case that's bullshit you have to call it out no but you cannot take it at face value and present it and manishankar ayer and economic times are after me it's ridiculous even for the sake of balance you cannot allow things like this to be put in your piece without it without some level of skepticism you hmm. can't just but if you're you're not supposed him, to be dumb no but quoting it's it's very lazy to be a journalist and just quote you have to apply if you're presenting lazy, a long it's piece responsible of course it's a, and this is not just I a short report i think what you mean is that those questions should have been followed up with as you said with either what and ask why why the hell do you think so? yeah at least I mean it's all, it's a question of framing a narrative right when you're writing uh when you're writing a profile of somebody and you have decided that you are supporting him as opposed to maintaining some sort of distance it's a profile it's just not an answer question answer it's not just it's a, a question uh, and um like for instance there there are uh, he's sort of he's sort of shown as somebody who's being hunted by these rabid people hmm. um poor man is you know such an eminent person how could he have done this is essentially the tone with which the whole thing is okay. written and it says faced with prison ruin and disgrace when his case comes from delhi courts next month pachori has resigned from ipcc and stepped back from terry which is a lie he did not resign or step back from terry so and and then you and you so you out. yeah and you you start right. the piece by saying he's faced with ruin disgrace not just that then, then you want to present this conspiracy theory which is And you know, then he goes on to say, "Meanwhile, his many enemies are reveling in his discomfort." Hmm. Really? And so, I think it actually reminded me of you know how Lalit Modi would actually call his friend to interview him in London, <laughs> and then broadcast it free of cost. This is one of those things, you know. You know, there's a very nice piece by Bob Gardner in the Guardian on precisely this journalistic problem where uh, of false equivalence, where we just think that being balanced means to just present crap. I whatever agree. you yeah whatever yeah. you see out there you just say hey this is what this side is saying this is what that side is saying you have to do some homework some hard work some context hmm. so and that's where this piece was sorely lacking i think but i, I think see. that's a problem that a lot of international media has in its india coverage in general hmm. because uh, it's not as well informed it's on a basis of you know a couple of sources most of whom are friends or something of that sort so context is just not there in most of the coverage of india in so foreign pro- media probably he's known socially to the kind of people who he gave an interview he has a friend who knows a friend who knows a friend who conducted this interview i mean it, what i'm saying is it's possible because indians generally there's such a thin uh, i'm sure the linkage is far closer because the interviewer is the environment editor for john viral yeah he's yeah. an environment editor so and he's, he's a very uh, respected writer as well which is a separate thing entirely so when you are socially connected I'm, but i mean there are many cases that are like this i mean i just thought and there was no outrage about that i was the only one outraging i just thought the coverage of rajat gupta during his case uh, by indian media was so uh, friendly uh it's because you know rajat gupta is a friend of manmohan singh he's set up that uh, mba institute in hyderabad ISB. whatever it's called isb he set up the indian uh, public health iph whatever so you know everyone knows him uh and when you read anidha raghavan's book he was a crook yeah yeah so i just but because it wasn't a gender thing it was a people like us thing i don't think that one was called out but yeah. and one thing on yeah. this piece uh, it was uh, uh, swaminathan ayer sorry not manishankar ayer mm-hmm. i think i said manishankar ayer earlier so towards the end pachori has said that uh, the business journal economic times has launched its attack and one of its columnists uh, columnist swaminathan ayer is a research fellow at libertarian cato uh, which is an institute that is funded climate uh, skeptic studies this is then substantiated by a so the journalist has just said that you know there's no real proof but he's done this one column which basically calls out pachori for gender terrorism why are you substan- why do you need to substantiate this bit of crappy conspiracy theory by pachori you should call it out and say this is bullshit yeah no i mean i you know talking of journalism and ethical practices uh, maybe i'm very late to this but i i saw this wonderful movie uh, recently called the truth Uh, I've heard a lot about it. I haven't watched it. Remarkable. Yet. It's movie. supposed to be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's uh, Kate Blanchett is the uh, the journalist there, mm. and uh, it's about uh, Dan Rather. Yes, Dan Rather, and uh, how they got a couple of documents implicating Bush, mm. George Bush, just before he was going for his second presidential uh, mm. candidature, and uh, and the kind of 
uh, rigor with which uh, you know the organization uh, wanted to go to to the bottom of the whole truth is just remarkable and i just felt that in our country uh, you know this would never happen but it's possible you know why because for that kind of robust research and background checking and investigation it takes time and money and someone has to pay and if that someone who's paying is mukesh bhai or your uh, you know curl on mattresses or your white and beautiful cream then you will have a certain kind of reportage where the public pays yes and i'm why is it in laughing i'm saying this for the first time i'm saying this as, as far as circuits go this one takes the cake as well. <laughs> i'm saying this in all earnest yes when the public pays the public is served when corporations are corporations are served and mukesh bhai pays mukesh bhai served so the fact is even spotlight the kind of research they do like flying from one city to the other just to interview one person who can give you a lead to another person it it costs money yeah. journalism costs money and good journalism certainly does cost money yeah and i i think uh, so speaking of good journalism and money sant guru ram rahim ji insans <laughs> love so for those of you wondering which show he made it to which no indian celebrity you know has i don't know maybe ashwara uh, rai probably has a priyanka chopra has a show from astar jimmy fallon's show they played sant guru ram rahim ji's insans song and they pay, played his song in the context of what you must never play <laughs> it has a segment called yeah. do not play <laughs> and then they played a song love charger so i just thought that you know i, I, I mean he's put but, india on the map of jimmy fallon's show so i think that's that's quite quite cool i'm just saying none of us here are on jimmy fallon all right <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly so we can stop laughing um and uh, well uh, just one more thing which just doesn't get enough attention uh, iram sharmila uh, she has been acquitted because they you know had filed a case against her for attempted suicide and she said that she will end her fast when afspa goes how many i saw this in an article uh, in the half post uh, but how many people saw this covered in big media i didn't really watch tv but i'm just curious was it covered enough no i'll skip it i'll skip it not okay, as something Okay. Oh, I and didn't see, I didn't see like. And going back to that Maharashtra water crisis, mm-hmm. it was uh, covered on the NDTV extensively, actually. Really? Yeah, that's Great. the only one was covered. That, I saw that. Was that truth versus hype? No, it was just a story. They have a, uh, it was ground report there. I, I think they have someone there because they always cover the Maharashtra water crisis. I mean, I, I'm not saying NDTV is very good on every other reportage because they like miss some of the biggest stories, but somehow Maharashtra drought is always on the radar. I wonder why. Yeah. That's good though. That's good. Before we wind up, uh, just this World Cup that's been happening. I've been watching the matches, uh, not uh, you know, back to back. But my nephew is a huge cricket fan, so when I'm there, he's he's watching it. And Sehwag and Shoaib Akhtar are really going at each other. They're like the new odd couple. They like they have this because and and because I think Shoaib Akhtar has a limited vocabulary, <laughs> and, and I'm talking <laughs> I'm talking Hindi uh, commentary, not English. In case anyone thinks I'm being elitist or anything. Uh, he has a wide range of bounces and yorkers but so shandar is a word he likes using so are you shandar single or sevag said shoib single shandar nahi hota shandar chokka ya chakka hota <laughs> so he's always yanking his chain and uh, and uh, sevag is bullying uh, shoib uh, on air man it's phenomenal since you guys are cricket enthusiast enthusiasts um did is he just getting back for shoaib akhtar sort of massacring him on the pitch is there something like I'm that i'm actually happening? not as enthusiastic a cricket not I'm as sure. enthusiastic of cricket to know whether he did that did i he? don't i think it was the other way around it's always been the other yeah, way yeah i think sehwag was like the blaster yeah. opener who take everybody to task uh, i don't know i was just wondering no i think he's just doing that kunnas coming out or something and all i think a uh, uh, very uh, recent phenomena is a lot of pakistani sportsmen uh-huh. have begun to commentate on uh, you know cricket i, I mean we see wasim akram mm. actually is hosting shows as well right. so i think they uh, it is probably a syndrome where you tend to be much more kinder to you know your fellow indian because you for an indian audience or something because i, I mean i find so i don't know maybe if sehwag and shoaib were commentating uh, for a pakistani channel hmm. maybe things would be a lot different 
I mean, I always feel that whenever Rasim is, it's also goody goody. You know, people are because they're sitting in India, na. Yes, you are sitting in India studio in the middle of a uh, stadium with eighty thousand fans <laughs> doing commentary, <laughs> and if you get cocky, yeah. do you know? <laughs> Dare I mention coercive majoritarianism? <laughs> <laughs> Ramesh Raja had a lovely line oh, uh, some time yes. back, which I only found out because of Twitter, since I don't watch the games. But he uh, he on air asked us to all look at a bats- batsman's spectacular package. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> how did it not strike you?" <laughs> Chalo, on that wonderful note of Vasim Akram uh, of Ramesh Raja's package, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's leave our audience with uh, the recommendation I uh, have is. Uh, it's an old recommendation, but I watched it this week. Kapoor and Sons. My uncle oh, had recommended it last movie. week. It's a very good movie. I was really impressed. I didn't go in expecting much, but I was very impressed. And there's one interview that I would just like to quote. It's of Barney Frank. Uh, he's a lot of times on the show of one of my favorite podcasts, which is Bill Maher's podcast. And uh, he said something that you know got me thinking. If that's how humorists are seen, uh, you know, he says. Uh, Basically, Vani Frank is uh, there's a there's a bill called the Dodd Frank bill. It's supposed to be taking Wall Street to task after the entire Lehman crash. You know, they said we'll we'll crack down Wall Street, and he was one of the architects of the bill that was passed. So um, the interview asks him that, have you seen the film The Big Short? You know, it's a, it's a film about this whole Wall Street thing, and the way it ends. So it ends in the way that the nothing's changed. Everything is as it is. So into asks why did you what did you make of the big shot by the way so bani frank says i didn't see the movie i read the book why so into says it's good well i know the situation i read the book i'm told at the end of the movie they say nothing has changed which is nonsense so into says the movie does say something like that the politics of the movie are actually interesting because it's more cynical than i think people like you are so he says right so i would i want to see it <laughs> so the into says well it's got good acting and things like that <laughs> So he says, I'm not a drama critic. Part of the problem is there is a tendency in the media to demonize politics to the extent that is becoming self, a self-fulfilling prophecy, whether it's John Stewart or House of Cards or The Big Shot, everyone. Do you think criticism by humorists or filmmakers of governments is cynicism? No, I think it's much required. In fact, that movie, I really like the movie. In fact, it was a very good movie. I, I, I haven't read the book, but The Big Shot was excellent. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why would somebody say that. I know, and someone who I think is otherwise reasonable because I can understand when Arvind Kejriwal is just That was cynicism. <laughs> but a humorist? That's, no, that's that, their job. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I disagree. But it's a good interview. I think uh, people should read it. Um, Dipanjana, anything you want to suggest? Um, I have to admit, I haven't been reading that much this week, uh, but Mohammed Hanif wrote a beautiful piece yes, in The Guardian. Please read it. Please read it, about, uh, which is his response uh, to the Lahore, the recent blast in yeah. Lahore, and how, how the community of uh, Pakistanis within Pakistan can respond and do respond to the threats of extremism, the idea of being a good Muslim, who is a better Muslim, um, and just just the sheer inhumanity of it. It's an exquisite And brilliant piece. writing. I mean, it just comes from such a place of passion and conviction and truth. It's just, it's a great read. And, and especially towards the end, where he's talking about people in Pakistan who can buy security, yeah. who don't talk about what Taliban is doing or what extremism is doing to the country because they can simply protect themselves. What I particularly love about Hanif's writing is that he will take something this serious and this grim and somehow manage to inject humor in it. That's humor that is not cynical at all. That's, that's an amazing time. In that it's not cynical in a bitter sense. Cynical, yes, mm. as in questioning and uh, contemptuous of a lot, but healthy cynicism. Mm. Uh, and just a beautiful piece, so please read yeah. it. Uh, so that, definitely read it and thank us. Uh, and uh, there's another really nice piece in the Lady's Finger by Nisha Susan. It's called Enthrall of Particular Men. It's really nice. Particular men are the sort of men we all have grown up with and date and marry. 
and it's it's a really really nice place. Okay, I don't know what that means. Particular men are general brats, basically. Read the piece. Oh, that's it's not the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just about men and how demanding they are and how women deal with it. Oh, okay. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually a very nice piece. Nisha Susan actually writes on these issues with a very nice piece. Let's go to the market. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> 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 I'm pushing me away. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I read a wonderful piece. In fact, it was forwarded to me by uh, a person called Amit Paranjpe hmm. uh, from Twitter. And it is, uh, it was on, uh, not, uh, published on Nautilus. And I've forgotten the, uh, the title of the piece, but it was essentially, why do humans have sex? And it was the science behind it. And the reason is that they, they expend so much energy trying to have sex. Mm. I mean, the whole thing surrounding it and then the whole process, mm. it is so energy consuming. Yeah, so basically I mean, the whole premise is that, I mean, we know sex is essential part of, uh, I mean, that's life, you know, yeah, procreation. And that is what all living beings do. But um, uh, you took the example of plants and most of the plants have asexual reproduction. They don't need... Uh, uh, you know, uh, to mate uh, with a partner. So why do humans do? And the, um, of course, the, the new theory that has been propounded is, is because of the, uh, uh, to actually stive off the mutations that happen in the mitochondrial genome. So all of us have Please, our... Yaar, ye aise itna lamba chawda explanation for something very simple. <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah, like... Expect... I, one person won't no, but... <laughs> but no, but I don't I... even know what you just said. <laughs> No, uh, uh, it's a it's a very nice piece. I, I, but it's tell us why? Written. Why do humans have sex? So that's what you're doing. The piece. <laughs> you have to read the piece for that. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, thank you for that. Before I wind up, I just there was a moment of clarity that I got during this exchange when you spoke about the Pakistan piece, <clears throat> and I was reminded of the Pakistan piece we wrote. Sandeep wrote a really nice piece for us that how Brussels gets certain play and Lahore doesn't, and immediately I had a moment of introspection. Or as Advani ji would say, Atma Chintan kiya maine, that we last week discussed Brussels because Brussels had happened. And in this podcast, we didn't discuss uh, Pakistan. And uh, I would like to end with the Doha. Bura jo dekhan mein chala, bura na milia koi, jo dil dekha apna, mujh sa bura na koi. And after that, uh, we leave you with another profound song by Love Charger. Sandhguru Ram Rahim Ji, Insan. Uh, so, so join us next week on Catch all new episodes of NL Hafta on newsdonry.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook.